Welcome to Before You Cut Bangs. I'm Laura Quick. And I'm Claire Fearman. I'm Laura, and I am a professional storyteller. And I'm Claire, and I have been a therapist, a coach, a counselor, and all over the mental health world for many years. A quick disclaimer, this is not therapy, and this is not coaching. This is just a podcast. Totally. A really badass podcast. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Before You Cut Bangs. We are talking about the thing we're all thinking about, which is holiday anxiety and stress. But we are also joined here with Nacho, who is a highly medicated mutt dog that Claire accidentally adopted during COVID. Correct. So yes. if you hear noise, just find it endearing yes. instead of problematic. We're at Claire's house, actually, which yeah. is awesome. It will be endearing because Nacho is cool. incredibly endearing. Mm. He really has done a lot of cuddling with both of you. I feel a little left out. You're you less warm. What? Oh my god! Dogs love me. Babies love me. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about. I, I, when I was brainstorming this, I had several stories come up for me that are. Some traumatic. Some are hilarious. The one that I led with is. Well, I told you guys that my stepmother completely shamed and embarrassed me like Thanksgiving last year. I'm sorry, but this is one of my favorite stories. Yes. Okay. Yes. I loved it. All right. My brother has since reminded me of other things that was in the box. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, I don't, I can't believe I forgot to say that. Uh, The unity candle. (laughs) She also brought the unity candle. Like a unity candle that you guys had had beforehand. And she was giving it like, here. No, no, no. The unity candle you you light at your wedding. wedding. Okay, yes. <laughs> so I had forgotten about that. She said, he goes, I can't believe you didn't say the most hilarious part. So today I text my family and I'm like, hey, just, you know, we're recording this. What's something I've forgotten or blocked out because it was so traumatic? And my brother said, remember that time our parents gave someone else's dog surgery in their garage because they thought its eye, it was like a very old dog, like deathbed dog. And um, its eye was kind of like closed shut. And they decided that they would cut around it and they cut the dog's eyelid off. What the fuck? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I thought we were going to talk about like holiday cakes and parties. I had some funny ones too, but I had no idea you came from a family of veterinarians. (laughs) She doesn't. They are not at all vets. Nobody except for my sister. Earmuffs for Nacho. We would never. I would never. Listen. Okay. It was awful. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying. You okay? Yeah, just lay down. Just kind of, kind of. Me? Who? Laura? Okay, we're good now. He was just in the way. Okay. You and Nacho got like, all like match today with your outfits. I feel like everything <laughs> you say to Nacho the dog, I'm going to leave in as if you're saying it to one of us. I know, like lay down. Just Laura. relax. Just, just relax. relax. Um, okay, what came up for me? So, well, partly is personal and then part therapist. So we'll start with personal. I grew up in um, a Jewish home that celebrated Christmas, which is confusing in a lot of ways. But what was really confusing was my mother worked at the temple and and like ran the school mm-hmm. and so it wasn't like she volunteered occasionally that was her job and the rabbi moved into our neighborhood and so at christmas she either put posters or beach towels in the window mm-hmm. so if the rabbi drove by you couldn't see the christmas lights so no curtains 
There were blinds, but you could still see a twinkle through a blind. So we went all out. But what was crazy was everyone came to our house for Christmas trivia and Christmas games and Christmas cookies. And like we were the party house, but you couldn't tell anybody. But you, and y'all didn't like, y'all just celebrated Christmas. You were Jewish. Santa has nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, yeah facts. <laughs> Neither does a tree. Or nutcrackers. <laughs> Look at all these nutcrackers. <laughs> Look, so I thrived in, you know, good tidings of comfort and joy. I love that. What about you? Anything you said you're like, I love, I have so much joy during this season. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, a funny thing, which probably was not traumatic for me at all, but maybe the girl I was dating at the time, which is the same one that I the told liar. Was, Yes, yeah. The liar, the pathological uh, liar. But a good thing that came out of all that was the first Christmas I took her with to my extended families, uh, which is kind of the jokester side of the family. When we got there, I just somehow came up with the idea to tell everyone there, like, hey, I'm going to say we have this tradition. Uh, Just go along with me, right? Just when I do this and whatever. And so as we all kind of gathered around and, and people got quiet, I was like, all right, well, I didn't tell you this, but usually the new, uh, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend that arrives at Christmas does a solo <laughs> uh, I was like, you know, and sing something, whatever their favorite Christmas song is. I was like, last year it was, and I pointed at somebody else, and they're like, oh, yes, and immediately like said what they sang. And so, and then even gave a snippet of a solo. Oh. And so, like, she fully bought in that she had to get up and sing. What did she sing? Please? I don't remember. I do remember that she started she blacked to. blacked out a lot of that relationship. Yeah, a lot. Well. Uh, that she started to get up, and that's when we were like, oh, no, no, you do not have to do this. We made, oh, she was going for it, though. We made Bobby say the Pledge of Allegiance the first time he ate with my family. So we just like. As had, like a Fearman tradition. Like yep. Y'all are like, There's, all right, we don't pray, but we do. We do pledge allegiance. Well, to be clear, when we pray, we say Bear Bryant's prayer, and that's before Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, or like any big Go event. Ahead. Can you roll I, that out? For I, the no, people? no. My Keith reads it. My dad, and then we. But no, right now, could you tell the people what the Bear Bryant kind of what that is? Okay, basically, a new day is this is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use it as I will. Yada yada. It's basically like be present. Enjoy yeah. your life, do good things, try hard, roll tight, and then you cut your turkey, okay? So when Bobby came to Utah, which that's where my family lives, that was a huge deal, and I had prepped everybody, and we love a prank in the Fearman family, and we can tolerate you feeling like shit for our pleasure. Yeah, and yeah. so Same. my dad was like, y'all ready to eat? And then we all stood, put our hands on our hearts, and started saying the pledge, and poor Bobby put his hand over his heart and looked around really nervously. I have it filmed when this episode airs. We'll definitely show you all that video. And he said the fucking pledge. Good for him. Like, I really like this girl and God We're bless America. We are going for it. I don't need another family. I'm good. I'm solid. But if you just could like kind of adopt me or it's like a half deal. You know what's funny is so many people want to be adopted by the Fearmans. I do. Yeah, I'm in Same. line. Me we're too. we're a fun a fun bunch, which is why holiday stress for me isn't about like I have so many cocktail parties and gifts to buy. It's that we made it so fun and so magical that I'm like make it that way again to the point of being neurotic. So I've really had to do some some work around that. It's, I love Steph too. I well, take her. I'd adopt Steph as my mom. I'm a really bad gift giver. There you go. That's my anxiety. Yeah, we, we heard. Know. Yeah, okay. We already know. You were fine when with you were pan. excited about Dyson and other. Those things. were things for Don't, me. Mm-mm. The Just Dyson stop. it was a gift to me, and I've 
was very excited, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to tell you what our listeners are worried about. Let's go with a serious one first because I thought it was just a really good question. So one that I liked was, how do I set boundaries without always being the bad guy? I feel like every time I try to set a boundary with my in-laws, so that's in particular, it turns me into having a direct attack on my in-laws. So instead of, hey, this is my boundary, they're receiving it as a personal attack. And you're a boundary queen, so why don't you hit us with some wisdom? I mean... I think ultimately, anytime you're setting a boundary, one, you have to own the fact that people might get their feelings hurt. And so you almost have to decide that's not your shit, you know? And so that's a big, important part of when you get brave enough to start building boundaries around yourself, around your family, around what works for you and what doesn't work for you. But I think delivery is everything. So remember, when we go back to how do boundaries work? We're kind and we're direct. And so when you're being kind and direct, I think it can sound a lot different. But if you're walking into that because you're already a little bit timid because you're worried about how they'll receive it, sometimes that can come off passive aggressive because maybe they respond weird and then you like, well, listen, we have to do what works for us. So instead, what I would say is like, run it past your phone a friend. Like, hey, listen, this is the boundary I want to roll out to somebody. This is the way I want to position it. So for instance, if everybody needs to leave your house by five because you're moving to your next Thanksgiving at 7 p.m. and you just want to make sure it's all wrapped up, like, hey, guys, super excited to see everyone. Um, Love for you guys to arrive around 1230. This is the list of everything, what, what you're bringing. But we'll need to be able to leave by 445 in order to get to our next. So just want everybody out. But like run that by your friend and then talk about what your mother-in-law might say that would set you off, piss you off, make you feel uncomfortable. Well, I think the part where it feels like an attack is super common. Mm -hmm. And what you said about being okay with hurting somebody's feelings. So my kid, one of my children takes one piece of her Halloween candy every day to school. And she was like, I asked her if school lunches were going okay, just chatting. And she said, well, everyone asks for my Kit Kat or whatever the candy was and I share it but it makes me feel sad because I'm so hungry at school they eat at 1240 in fourth grade which seems a little late for me I know I'm a 10 15er right well yeah but you wake up at what time yeah Yeah, I was gonna say (laughs) so I told her you know I was asking and she was like why you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings so I would rather not have the candy and let them have it and I told her I was like that doesn't change their lives if they Mm. get that candy or not You packed it. And I said, some days, if you're feeling generous, I never say no to generosity. Mm -hmm. But if you're really hungry, you have to take care of you first. And that's the same for people with holidays. Like, you do have to take care of you first, but you have to tolerate the discomfort of somebody else. I get it. My sister said to me the other day, where she called to invite us to Thanksgiving, she was like, after listening to the podcast, I've heard that you will not be hosting this year. And I was like, she's like, which I don't blame you. She's like, but I did want to invite you and Shane and the boys. If y'all want to come to Chattanooga, we'd love to have you. I was like, that's super sweet. And she's like, but I've decided this year that I can either travel or I can be a good person. I can't do both. And she I was like, that. she's like, so what I'm saying is everyone's welcome, but they have to come to me. And I thought, again, that was her boundary. i what I have the capacity for in my life is I can either travel or I can be kind. I don't know if I have the capacity to do both. I love her. Uh, she's literally like an, and an we angel. Know, like knowing your capacity. So this was like a little bit of an old study, but I think the numbers are probably close enough to true. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to read them all. But 60% of people report feeling sad, which I totally understand. 50% of people say that they're tired. This was crazy. 26% um, 
wait, nope, 23, report a change in sex drive. It didn't report which way, but I'm going to guess down. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> um, so, I mean, here's my thing. I think part of some of us, like me, try to like relive childhood. So we want to make the gingerbread houses and all of that. But also we're so impacted, I think, right now by social media. And right now on my Instagram, I keep getting things. This is exactly what it says. This is your sign to buy the garland from Michaels. This is my sign. If you're listening and you've gotten those, it is not a sign. Mm-hmm. Someone's making money because they have a clickable link to their like oh, Michael's page. The consumerism right now is it's so high and so rampant. I would tell you to like I can't tell you how many times I get served to add I click into it and I'm like, Oh my god, I do need this Christmas sweater and then I'm like, What is wrong with me? I don't need anything. Stop it. I'm generally all of all about the targeted ads. It's okay with me because I said it and I yeah, did totally. search it or whatever. Mm-hmm. My only problem is like once I purchase said big blanket or whatever it is. Big oh, blanket. you know he did. Yeah, you I, are uh, such a domestic goddess, Will. Yeah, he big, really is. He's well, like, between my vacuum and my frying pan and uh, my big blanket. The big blanket is the best. Anyway, <laughs> I just want the ads to go away once I've purchased it. You, you, you sold me. Done. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. we can be done. Well, send us your, send us your but link. But the point of that we'll is there's it. a lot of have to, this is your sign. And as a therapist that's seen hundreds, maybe thousands, I have no idea how many clients I've seen over the past however many years, I mean, over 10, no one's come to me and been like, I didn't get the thing for Christmas. Or when right. I was a kid, my mom didn't do the gingerbreads with me, you know, whatever. And I didn't carve pumpkins with my kids mm-hmm. this year because, like, I couldn't. And, and that was that. And guess what? They're going to be all right. You know, I was really shocked to know that it was Shane who gave me the best Christmas stories. I, I am always alarmed to hear the kind of shit that happened to him when he was a child um before i was leaving the office he goes hey i was like you got any fun christmas stories you want to share and he was they remove a dog's left paw or anything fucked up like that no no he said well this one time when i was little um my granddad and my aunt got in a fight and so my granddad was so drunk he fell on the christmas tree and i had to run to a neighbor's house and call 911 he was like and then when i came back i had to fish him out of the christmas tree (laughs) i was like what and he was like yeah I still remember it. it like and that's that. Like, had to call 911 because he was afraid he just... He was dead? Dead couldn't, in the Christmas him, tree? Couldn't get him out. And then he was like, when I got back over there. And I was also like, did y'all not have a phone? Like, what happened? And he was like, no, I was just nervous. So I ran across the street because I just help. didn't know what to do. Because he's little, you know. I was like, damn, boy. <laughs> and what kind of Griswold Christmas tree was that? That's no what I'm saying. And also, but my family still wins because they cut a dog's eye off. So... So, you know, I was born in the 80s, so a child of late 80s and the 90s, and people still smoked, so don't judge what I'm about. I mean, you can judge the story, have, but like... I have one on here, too. My parents smoked, and they smoked inside, and that was that, but smoking was less cool, so it was, that was also a secret. We have a lot of secrets, as I guess, as it would turn out, but <laughs> so by the time my brother and I were teenagers, uh, my brother goes by Pickle, so when me and Pickle were teenagers, we obviously smoked. All kinds of stuff. And um, (laughs) it was a treat. On Christmas Day, you got to have Christmas dinner. Mm -hmm. And then you could smoke a cigarette at the table. The whole fucking family. Inside the house. In the dining room. Wow. How old were you? I was a teenager. And my parents smoked Vantage Regulars. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's like an intense cigarette. It's not like a Marlboro Light. My grandmother smoked Marlboro Light 100s. And so a lot of smokers. And so we'd have that turkey. 
you'd get your advantage and my mom would crack the window and you'd like gab and play cards and that was that and then you didn't talk about it or smoke in the house again until next Christmas. Okay, but, and and this is why she's sitting next to her lady dip. Please pick it up <laughs> so people can see it. Just here. And so she has her tequila here and her lady dip. I'm very proud of you. I know. Hey, by yeah. the way, Will made her do this because he said that her she's like more chill if she has like a little alcohol in her. <laughs> well, we had one session where we recorded the studio, uh, which our studio is next to a brewery. And yeah, it just was super smooth. Now, look, also like we've kind of found a rhythm. And yeah, so, totally. so you're there anyway now. But that was the first episode out of those first viewers. Like, oh, that really chilled you out just a bit. He called just me. Enough. He's like, I think we need to give Claire a beer right before. And I was like, what about if we're recording in the morning? And he's like, that's fine. We'll all do it. So it'll seem like it's totally fine. Yeah, Claire, we brought in mimosas this morning, yeah. just celebrating. It's a, it's for me, like I said, like playing drums. I, I can play drums much better. I can give clinical advice yeah. after I've had a cocktail. You really are. It's superior. Honestly, I, I promise, guys, Claire doesn't do that in her real sessions. This is not therapy or coaching. No, this is fun. I do this after hours. <laughs> I think on the opposite side of this, like where some people have anxiety, you go for it, girl. She's taking that nice little tequila shot. Can you take a tequila shot without any face? Claire, I can't do anything without any face. Okay. I make all the faces. Um, on the opposite end of anxiety for me is the depression side. And I don't think I could have ever admitted this until like maybe this late part of my like late 30s. And now that I'm 40, I really have come to terms when I look back at myself in my 20s as a single mom. And this is just like a shout out for single parents. It is really, really hard when your child makes the exchange to your you know, your ex. Yes, it's the worst. So on a holiday, you thought you're going to have them all day and now you only have them half day or maybe you don't have them at all or, you know, alternate or whatever. Um, I would feel so lonely and sad. I didn't know that. Of course, I would have never said that. And the other thing is people always assumed I had so much going on that I wouldn't get an invitation to like another thing. And as you can tell, my family is very dysfunctional. So they typically wouldn't invite me unless I was like, hey, are y'all doing anything? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, we're all already at the restaurant we're eating at. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm busy anyway. (laughs) So this is my shout out to like, if you have a friend who's a single parent invite them if you can i'm a single parent you're invited come over you can bring bobby bring your tequila bring your lady to whatever that is not oh i was like go on (laughs) bring your lady tobacco okay but so for single parents i just want to say those emotions are super normal um if you're not a single parent and you know a single parent parent and you want to invite them great this is what i wish i would have done different I wish I would have asked people if I could come over to their house instead of waiting for someone to invite me. I would be like, hey, would it be cool if I could stop by? You know, Clay's going to his dad's at five. I'm a little like, I know I'm going to feel depressed. I just couldn't pull that out of myself, but I wish I would have. All right. So after our breakup episode where you all sent in killer stories, we want to keep doing that. Um, and I'm really grateful if you sent them to us. So we got some really great Christmas stories too that I was hysterically laughing going through some of these. And one of these I have a connection to that I'll share at the end. Um, All right, so this one's just kind of like quirky and funny. So basically this couple, and I'm going to paraphrase because it's kind of long, they are newlyweds and they go to spend Christmas with the mother-in-law. 
and she um, she gave them the game Twister, like you know, yeah, Twister, yeah, Twister, sure. Mm-hmm. Which is like fun and funny if you're a child. Yes. Fun and funny if you're in college and have been drinking. Yeah, as you say, it turns into a different thing yep, uh, after totally you're different. a grown when person. You're a grown adult with your mother in law. She was so adamant that they all played, and all it was, it was four adult children, two married couples. They flat out refused. And one of the sons was like, I'm just not playing Twister with my mother. It becomes an adult game. Like, Yes. In that sense of the word adult, after it's you're an adult. It's almost like could be like a swinger game. Like That's it's a what whole, it is. Like it's your ad- butt is in someone's face. It's the same thing as truth or dare at this point. Spin it, the bottle, same thing. Twister becomes that. So the mom who's given them this has a full-blown meltdown, like on the floor, toddler-style tantrum. And they didn't play. They stuck to their boundaries. What? But I loved that. But to me, that mother was probably like, I'm just bringing back their childhood, you know? And they were like, this is nuts. Like, first of all, there's a difference between nostalgic and inappropriate. But surely the mom is just naive to that. 100%. Yeah. She doesn't know that it would be odd if her son was like behind her. I'm sorry. How did you not? How, come on, deductive reasoning, mom. You got this. Come on. Okay. I'd I'd somebody reach out to me on the same smoking side and said um, that they took their girlfriend to Christmas. And that everybody was smoking in the house. The girlfriend had asthma. She had an asthma attack at the house. And so she this person reaches out to like grandma and is like, Hey grandma, like, could we just like not smoke in the house? Because I'm really afraid that she'll have another asthma attack. And they were like, Nope, just don't come. (laughs) I mean, if that was our family, we'd be like, she could step outside for that time. I mean, nicotine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) It's my favorite. Okay. So this is the one that I have a tie to. And I'll tell you all that after I read the story, because it's so hilarious. Okay. So, Um, This is a brother and sister. So we were in a small town in Alabama with my mom's family, and we had to be back in Birmingham at 7.30 for Christmas dinner with my dad's side and his bitch-ass girlfriend. Just before 5 p.m., my brother realizes he doesn't have a present for my dad, if that's not the most man thing i've ever heard but he was like a teenager at the time so Tell we'll him give to it call will he'll help him out. <laughs> yeah i just i'm not taking one anyway <laughs> non-stick pans and a big blankie okay so <laughs> we set off in my car to walmart for a very quick gift hunt at the last second my brother asked to drive which i thought nothing of at the time we had purchased a very small amount of weed from a friend in order to smoke one bowl on the way down and one bowl on the way back. So on our trip to Walmart, we decided to go ahead and smoke now so that we wouldn't have to do it in the car with our older sister. I love the sibling dynamic. I load the bowl and take a hit. Pass it to my brother. He takes a hit. Passes it back to me. We've realized he's made a wrong turn and we're getting on the interstate instead of turning into the Walmart parking lot. In his defense, it was and still is a very confusing turn. So we made a plan to take the next exit, circle around, and speed through Walmart. You can hear where this is going to go poorly, okay? I'm about to take that second puff and my brother yells, cop, cop, cop. And I look over window to window with a cop car. With a bowl in his hand? Her, so this is the sister. Oh, so she no. has it in her hand, eye to eye with the cop. She slams it down, throws it in her bag, and puts that under her seat. Why I didn't throw it out the window, I still don't know. Well, I wouldn't have thrown it out the no. window either. God. 
They're watching you, by the way. We <laughs> took the exit as planned, and sure as shit, so did the cops. Blue lights. We pulled over, and they came over immediately to the passenger side and, wanted, and said, want to give me that pipe you were puffing on? Y'all, I would have thrown myself out the window, just to be clear. I hate getting in trouble, okay? So I pull it out from under the seat, start sifting through the pouch um, like he's not going to see what's going on. And he says, yeah, you can just give me the whole thing. So fast forward, it's Christmas Day. They're in the back of a freaking cop car, she says. Her 18-year-old brother, she's 22, is standing outside the car with all the cops. They call for backup. There's four cops. They're in tiny town, Alabama. Okay, so she's like, they're getting ripped through her car. She's panicking. Fast forward, they obviously go to county jail, okay? They go to jail. It's tiny. I'm picturing, like, Barney Fife, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, they do the whole thing. Well, when there's four cops that show up, you know you're in a tiny town. They like, had nothing else to do that day. No. Teenagers like, smoking weed. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they go to jail. Obviously, they were in a jail cell for 20 whole minutes. And fast forward, they get out of jail after 20 minutes. And then the cop said, kids, don't worry. The last time I had to do this was for my own son, but it was Thanksgiving. Oh, why didn't you let him go? It's Okay, so the plot twist in this is, so uh, my parents are in the substance abuse industry. A lot of my family is in recovery. And my dad had given this guy, who's one of my best friends, y'all, this flashback to another episode um remember when i went to the music festival and said it was the all good festival but he referred to it as all bad because i ditched him this is him (gasps) andy went to jail that same year but my parents had given him a jacket that said sober living by the sea and he went to fucking jail in in their work jacket (laughs) sober living by the sea and that was that i love the people that brand these facilities She's the greatest. I don't think that's in existence anymore. But my parents don't disclaim it. They don't work there anymore. Uh, It's so funny. You were like, I would be so stressed out. I was getting in trouble. Dude, I would have already had my dissertation plan how I was getting out of that. I was never going to jail. No, I would be like you. So... When I would it, probably have a good speech, but I would be terrified. Like, I wouldn't. I'd be like, everything's going to work out. I've always hated getting in trouble, and I did get caught smoking weed in high school, and they sat me and my brother down at the table, and they were like, we have information that y'all have been smoking weed. My dad's sober at the time. They're super, you know, recovery is life at our house. And my parents' big thing was like, you have to be honest. That was the big thing. And honestly, if we'd been honest, we probably wouldn't have been in so much trouble. But also, like, it's illegal, and that was that. You know, and so, of course, I'm like, I've never touched it in my life. And my brother's like, I've never heard of drugs before. And so my dad put a drug <laughs> oh, test. Oh, pickle. Oh, pickle. So, but this is like who turned into the drug addict and who didn't because I came clean within 10 seconds. I'm like, well, one time, you know. So my dad puts a drug test on the table and he looks at me and he's like, you're going to take this. If you've lied, your car is gone. And if you're honest, you get to keep your car. And I was like 16, 17, a car is everything. And so I'm like, I've tried weed one time in my life. I did lie. that I obviously hadn't. And my brother doubled down. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So they separated us. Bottom line, we had smoked weed and it was proven. And uh, so they grounded us. Um, but we grew up in this like really tiny area of Birmingham where there weren't chain restaurants and I'd never been to one before. And my parents had to go out one night while we were grounded. And I was like, have you ever had red lobster? And he was like, I've never heard of it. And so we scrounged together $20 and we took my mom's car because our, my car keys were gone. And uh, we had one cigarette 
and to share. And we were like so pumped. We'd stolen a cigarette and we had $20 to go to Red Lobster and Pickle lit the cigarette backwards. And I was irate. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I think we like split crab claws and cheese biscuits or whatever Red Lobster has. So that's about how much trouble we ever got in. That's hilarious. Um, all right. You want another story? Yep. All right. So this is a sweet one and kind of silly. I love a proposal. As you all know, so does Laura. <laughs> you know I do. So I proposed to my now wife at her parents' house on Christmas. I'd asked her parents for permission. So sweet. About eight months earlier, so they knew it was going to happen at some point, but not exactly when. So on Christmas Eve, we're at her parents' house, just me, her, and her parents. I slyly pulled her dad aside, and I tell him that I'm going to propose in the morning as her last gift from me. He started crying, gets so excited, and has a toast to us without spoiling it, and is on board and very excited. That's an important part of the story to remember how ecstatic the dad is, okay? We continue Christmas Eve christmas eve activities we all go to bed pretty late and wake up ready for christmas day and presents we open presents for about an hour and her dad starts to doze off i keep looking (laughs) i keep looking over at him between dozes to try to give him some kind of look that hey it's about to happen and there's just no comprehension on his face so my girlfriend finally has her last gift in her hands ready to unwrap it and i look over at her dad and he's basically snoring he's so asleep Keep in mind, I did not warn her mom. I started to panic because I know he's going to freak out if it happens and he sleeps through it, but I also can't stop her from opening the present because that would be super weird and suspicious. So we go ahead with it. She opens the box. I get down on one knee and ask her to marry me. She says yes, and her mom shouts so loudly that it wakes up her dad, (laughs) who starts yelling (laughs) with no context of what's going on. Everyone is super confused because because it seems like I'm the only person that knew it was happening. We get through the confusion and celebrate all of that. But the kicker is that to this day, five years later, her dad swears that he never knew I was going to propose on Christmas morning. Dad dad was hitting the sauce. Yeah, I was about to say. Dad was in the the beverage. Yeah, he had a much larger shot glass than Uh you have there. Claire. Not this little baby. Look at this little cute. I know. This is this is Claire in a shot glass. Is- we have to get some professional pictures of that for <laughs> Instagram. I just picture like for all the shit we said last week about guys, this man is so sweet. I know. Asking the dad and he saved the last last gift also i just feel like dad even even in that i read that one and i was like wow gosh this dad got super emotional when he told him and i was like now really you can tell the dad was drunk guys he was he'd been hitting it hard yep um i had a i had a really fun one this is like super quick i had a girl message me saying um my mom got drunk at christmas And then she just started spilling the tea on literally everyone, but specifically my aunt who had just had a boob job. My mom worked at the pharmacy and she said she had seen my aunt sneaking into the pharmacy, banging the pharmacist in the bathroom to get drugs. And my mom was like spilling it on her at Christmas. And I'm like, that sounds like a much deeper and also, surely Situation. some drinking involved with that, too, to be like, this is the time. This is the story. I'd like to share this with all of you as we're gathered around the tree. This is called Festivus. 
Aaron is the grievances. Everybody light up your cigarette. I'm opening the window. Vantage regulars <laughs> for everyone. All right. So last one is another drunk dad, which I love a drunk dad story. So this um, is such a sibling thing. I love oldest, middle, and youngest stories because they always fit in. Okay. So the middle child had asked for a bike. So she's a kid at the time. Um, asked for a bicycle. She does not believe in Santa, but the younger sibling did. Okay. So she asked for a bicycle. Parents buy the bicycle and store it at the neighbor's house. Very common thing. Hide the big gifts at the neighbor's house. So the dad on Christmas Eve is hammered. He goes to pick up the bike. He comes back, sets it all up. Mom doesn't see it. They wake up on Christmas morning to come out. (laughs) Oh, God. The dad got the neighbor's bike. An adult man's mountain bike (laughs) that's covered in mud. (laughs) This is the middle child Listen. receiving her piece of shit gift <laughs> that is not hers. It is the neighbor's father's bike. And then she had to fake her excitement so her younger brother knew Santa was still real. I almost gave a like disclaimer of like, oh, hey, kids, earmuffs for this story. And then remembered, nope. No kids children. Kids yeah, have, please don't let your kids have been barred from listening to this podcast. Also, please do not let your kids. I will say, my son literally still says that part. Like an actual trauma is that when he was seven years old, mm-hmm. I'd, he he kept like upping the ante. Clay would be like, "This year, I'd like a dirt bike and a golf cart and an iPad," and I'd be like, "Who the hell do you think Santa is?" So I, the year before this, I'd said, "Listen, I have to send money to Santa." Okay, that's how it works. I send him a deposit. <laughs> you doubled down on the lie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm sending money in and like, so it has to fit in a budget. You need to be more mindful. And then the next year when he rolled out the crazy stuff he was wanting, I was like, listen, here's what you need to understand. Santa's not real. And he was like, what? This was the year that he asked if Santa could make him a vampire. And mm. I was like, okay, well, vampires aren't real either. And he was like, you're kidding me he was so upset and so i tell him this and then he goes he's like crying and he's really upset i mean seven was pretty young if i'm looking back on it obviously but he was out of control and he goes what about the easter bunny and i was like clay seriously i was like you think a giant bunny is hopping around this neighborhood?" and he was i guess you're right he's probably not real either yeah see and for me it was the best day of my life and i was seven but it was that (gasps) Like, I remember once I realized that the Easter Bunny had to be complete nonsense, it just rolled. And I was like, Mom, come here. I was like, there's no Santa, right? And there's no... And she's like, no, there's not. And I felt amazing because I knew that I was the first. Like, I felt like you a grown-up. You were grown early. Up. You were early. I felt like a grown-up. I went to school the next day thinking like, you dumb motherfuckers. It's like when <laughs> like a girl I know so period. much more than you. Like, I'm in with the grown-ups at this point. Yeah. But then with the, with my kids, like, I couldn't lie to them about it at all. My we sister did the, never lied. She did never fun, lied. She couldn't do it. No, it was fun. Santa was a fun Claire, thing. Claire's like, oh, listen, uh, I was super fun about it. I would get on the roof and stomp around. Aww. I had my friend call and be Santa. That's like, awesome. all that. But as soon as they started asking me, I'd be like, well, what do you think about it? Yeah. And then as soon as they would actually ask like decent questions, I'd be like, look, it's a fun thing Let that we do. Yeah. This is just a fun thing that we do. It's a tradition that people talk about. Like, do you really think a guy could fly around the world in one night? And they're yeah. like, no. I'm like, okay. Well, well yeah. There you go. You got it. You figured it out. Why are you so mad, Claire? <laughs> she can't listen. You, did you not hear? Huh? I lied to those kids. All the time. Through my teeth. Oh, yeah. I because I will continue 
their magic as long as I can. Whoa, 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 whoa. I want you to right know. now your kids believe in Santa. Yeah, well they're yeah. little. They're How small. old are they? Fourth grade and second grade. That's okay. reasonable. Birdie's teetering. Yeah, and I say can fourth sense grade's going to be a little. She's been all. asking some very logistical questions, and I'm like, quoting the Santa Claus. I'm like, you don't have to see it to believe it. Go to bed, you know. Also, and that's that. I love I. I feel like I just like know Birdie. So like even earlier in your story about the candy, I was like, Birdie's so, she's such a gangster. She's actually just trying to convince you to take more than one piece of candy to school. No. <laughs> she would never. She would never. Mm, so, I would have. <laughs> I heads up. So like my brother, uh, my parents didn't tell him. And he, when they finally, or when he confronted them, he was real mad they had lied about it. Like, How old was he? I bet third grade, second, third grade, maybe. Oh, that's still so little, though. Is it? I, I think know. so. I mean, maybe not. I think now kids have cell phones at five years old. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, it's right. ridiculous. Um, one of the things that I love to do with my sister specifically, so I always call my sister when I'm going to be around family that stresses us out or stresses me out, and we run down the worst case scenario. Like, what's the absolute shittiest thing that could possibly happen? They could kill people. Like, they might blow up our house. They could cut another dog's eye off. Like, and it, like all these things. <laughs> and then we celebrate when none of that shit happens. We're like, look at this. Evolution. No one died. Like, no one was involved in, like, a, you know, my poor gay brothers. Nobody got outed. Like, it's, it's fine. Uh, that's what we do. It really works. So if you have crazy family, call the one sane person that's your anchor and run through a worst case scenario. And then be you'll be like, damn, perspective. Didn't happen. That was awesome. I've always heard that about running through the scenarios and kind of having a rehearsal almost in your head about mm-hmm. how to deal with when the crazy person in your family says these things. Like, mm-hmm. know how you're going to respond to that. And if you're like me and you just wish for nostalgia... Like, you get to choose the things that feel good to you and the family that you've made and enjoy all of that. That's what feels important to me. And all those statistics I gave, like, you don't have to fall into that category and don't buy into the TikTok or Instagram. This is your sign to buy the garland or the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. That's just silly. I will say people always would be like, you're the happiest person and you always have stuff to do. But the truth is I was super depressed on the holidays because I did not have a functional family. And so... Look out for the people you think are super duper extroverted. A lot of times they're the people that are masking deep, 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 dark depression. Check on them. Invite them to things if you absolutely, if you can, if you have capacity to do that. Of course, don't. Don't overcome any of your boundaries. Stay, stay strong. I think that's very brave of you to say, Laura, because a lot of people that are extroverts will not admit that because they're extroverts. Yeah. We did great. Bye. We did great. This is wonderful. Amazing. Bye. All right, thanks for listening to Before You Cut Bangs, and we'll see you next time. Before You Cut Bangs is hosted by Laura Quick and Claire Fearman and produced by Will Lockamy. Follow along with us everywhere. Please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Find us on Instagram. We're constantly doing polls. We want to know what you think. And I know that you probably know this, but reviewing us and giving us five stars matters more than anything. And we are so grateful to have you here. Mm